I'm Ivan Dikushkovsky, uh, and I'm one of the medical oncologists here. I will start the advanced prostate cancer uh, session by talking about the management of polymetastatic hormone-sensitive uh, prostate cancer. And so just to begin, I have some definitions. Uh, obviously, by metastatic, we're talking about prostate cancer that has spread um, outside of the prostate gland to distant parts of the body. By polymetastatic, so this is really in distinction to oligometastatic disease, which we just talked about. So this is cancer that has spread more extensively uh, throughout the body. And then by hormone-sensitive disease, I mean prostate cancer that hasn't yet progressed on testosterone-lowering therapy, or ADT, which you heard about um, earlier uh, today. The second distinction I want to make is just in how we define metastatic disease. Historically, this has been done using conventional imaging. So these are things such as bone scan and anatomical images, uh, like a CT scan or an MRI, um, that really tell us whether something looks abnormal, if the lymph node is enlarged or not. Um, but obviously, we know that um, what we see on conventional imaging is just the, the tip of the iceberg, if you will. And then with the advent of newer molecular imaging techniques like PSMA PET scans that combine anatomical images with PET images, we're obviously able to detect a lot more disease uh, than we can on conventional imaging. The reason why I make this distinction is that uh, the existing trials that guide how we treat patients with metastatic disease really were, were done or conducted in the era of conventional imaging not PSMA PET scans for the most part. And so uh, we always have to be cautious when we're looking at a PSMA PET scan that shows metastatic disease in uh, um, applying the results of these older clinical trials to the patients that are now being um, staged with, uh, with, with PET scans. And so this will come back, um, I think, later when we talk about um, uh, some cases in this session. So the outline for the talk, I'll really focus on systemic therapy and why really all patients with metastatic disease should be on intensified ADT and what that means. I'll talk a little bit about uh, triplet therapy, local therapy, and then I'll touch base on some ongoing clinical trial that may change the way that we treat patients with uh, newly diagnosed hormone-sensitive prostate cancer. Um, so we talked about ADT um, this morning, and if you think of the pillars that at least originally we had to treat prostate cancer, and you divide metastatic disease into patients who have hormone-sensitive uh, cancer and cancer that's progressed on ADT. So historically, what we would do is that we would start patients on ADT, uh, get their cancer under control, get a nice response in their PSA, but invariably the cancer in the metastatic setting uh, would become resistant to ADT and start to grow despite uh, low testosterone. So then we developed uh, agents like chemotherapy and uh, other testosterone-targeted therapies such as abiraterone and enzalutamide to, again, get uh, uh, cancer under control. But the question that was asked after we developed these medications was whether patients would benefit from using them earlier in their disease course, so not just waiting for the cancer to become resistant to our ADT, but adding these medications up front at the time of therapy and seeing whether this could achieve better outcomes uh, than when used sequentially. And so this, this question was the focus of many, many trials that have since um, come out, starting in 2014 with uh, 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 the combination of chemotherapy plus ADT compared to ADT alone, which showed that patients did better if you combined ADT with chemotherapy up front rather than doing ADT alone. And we showed the same thing. We had similar findings with abiraterone when it was added to ADT, and then later with enzalutamide, the testosterone receptor blockers, or apalutamide compared to ADT alone. We even have had now in 2021 and in 2022 uh, studies looking at uh, three drug combinations over two drug combinations, and I'll, I'll talk a little bit about that. Um, 
But the point of this slide is really to say that, that for men with metastatic hormone-sensitive prostate cancer, the standard of care is intensified ADT, so ADT plus another medication, because this has really been shown in many trials now to improve outcomes over ADT alone. Now, these different doublet regimens, so ADT plus chemo, ADT plus abiraterone, they've never been compared head-to-head -head in a clinical trial, so oftentimes the decision to pick one drug over the other is based on side effect profiles more than efficacy. Um, however, I think we, most of us would agree at this point that ADT plus chemotherapy by itself may be an inferior doublet or an inferior combination than some of the other regimens that we now use. And that's based in part on quality of life data that shows that men treated with ADT plus abiraterone uh, have a better quality of life even years out compared to patients who are treated with ADT plus chemotherapy. And then there are indirect comparisons that suggest that maybe ADT plus chemotherapy may be inferior, not as active as some of the other regimens that we use. Um, so I've just told you why, you know, that we've shown that uh, for hormone-sensitive prostate cancer, uh, adding other drugs to ADT, so two drugs are better than one. And so the next question that, uh, you know, was asked was whether three drugs could be better than two drugs. And that's what the uh, Aresense study looked at. So this was recently published, and I'll touch on that. This was a study of men with metastatic hormone-sensitive prostate cancer that are randomly assigned. So half of the patients were treated with ADT plus chemotherapy, which when this trial was designed, was an, a standard of care and that, you know, an acceptable treatment option for all patients. And the other half of patients in that study were uh, treated with ADT plus chemo, but on top of that had a testosterone receptor blocker, darolutamide, added. So they were treated with three drugs. And this was a positive study. So if you look at the percentage of patients alive over a given period of time, you can see that patients in orange treated with the three drug combinations were more likely to be alive. Uh, so it improved survival over ADT plus chemo alone. And if you look at the rate of serious side effects, there were really no significant difference between the two arms. And so the conclusion of the study was that in men with metastatic hormone-sensitive prostate cancer, adding a testosterone receptor blocker, darolutamide, to ADT plus chemo was better than ADT plus chemo alone. Now, I do want to <clears throat> highlight you know, some of the, the gaps that this or the questions that this trial does not answer and why actually most of us to this day still do not recommend triplet uh, three drug treatment for patients with newly uh, metastatic disease. So this study compared ADT plus chemo and added darolutamide, and it showed that in this setting, adding a third medication was better than ADT plus chemo alone. But I've told you that we now think that ADT plus chemo may not be as good as the other combinations that we have to treat patients with metastatic disease. And so this is really the trial that uh, I think most of us in the field would like to see is a, a randomized trial where everyone gets ADT plus uh, hormone targeted pills, such as darolutamide and half of the patients get chemotherapy so that we can really tell in that setting, does adding chemotherapy to uh, this combination actually improve outcome? And to what extent does the chemotherapy uh, increase bad side effects? And so until that trial is done, um, you know, the patients will, will really recommend a combination of three drugs, uh, in my opinion, are, are few and far between. Um, so I'll shift gears now and, and talk about radiation therapy, and, I, and this may have been mentioned earlier, but um, important to highlight that even in some patients with metastatic disease, there may still be a benefit for, uh, from radiation therapy to the prostate. And I want to make another distinction that uh, was used in some of these trials between high volume of disease and low volume of metastatic disease. And high volume of disease is defined as patients who have uh, metastases in the liver or in the lung 
or for patients who just have bone and, and lymph node metastases, patients who have uh, four or more bone metastases. And again, this is assessed on conventional imaging, not on a PSMA PET scan. So a patient with 10 bone metastases on a PSMA PET scan may not have high volume of disease by this definition. And that's why actually for a lot of the patients that we see, they're, they're, they're still rolling getting a bone scan often so that we can classify them um, accordingly. And the reason why this still matters is that actually, even in patients whose cancer has spread outside of the prostate, if you irradiate the prostate itself, the primary tumor, in patients with low volume of uh, metastatic disease, those patients actually live longer. They benefit from uh, radiation to the prostate. But that same benefit has not been shown or seen in patients with a high volume of metastatic disease. They may still benefit from radiation to the prostate to help with symptoms, but as far as uh, prolonging survival, this is really just in patients with low volume of metastatic disease, and again, assessed on conventional imaging, not on a PSMA PET scan. And then the last thing I'll talk about it are, are just some of the future directions and how the field um, you know, we expect could evolve in the next couple of years. And so if you think of the different pillars that we have to treat patients with metastatic disease, and again, you break it down into hormone-sensitive state and hormone-resistant disease, I've talked about ADT that we use throughout someone's treatment course, chemotherapy that can be used in both hormone-resistant and hormone-sensitive disease, and some of the hormone-targeted therapies that we also use routinely. And then there are treatments that we use specifically in patients with hormone-resistant disease. But the question that we have uh, with some of these is obviously, as we've shown with chemo or with abiraterone, whether using them earlier in someone's disease course could be actually more effective and improve outcomes. And so um, there are two uh, large trials um, that are ongoing and that may change how we treat patients with newly diagnosed hormone-sensitive disease. So the first one um, randomizes patients. It's this PSMA edition. So everyone is getting ADT plus another hormone pill, but uh, half of the patients randomly will get lutetium or Pluvicto, this PSMA-targeted therapy, which we'll talk more about. And the question will be whether using this treatment earlier may actually improve outcomes compared to our standard of care. And then the same question is being asked in the TALAPRO3 trial. So this is specifically for patients who have certain DNA mutations, faulty genes that may make them more sensitive to uh, genetically targeted chemotherapy pills, talozaparib or PARP inhibitor. But the question here again is whether adding this third medication to a standard of care of ADT plus enzalutamide in patients with these mutations may improve outcomes uh, when their cancer is still sensitive to hormone therapy. So this is, again, a summary of the different uh, points that, we, that I've covered here. Um, and uh, references of slides will be made available, so if anyone is, is interested. And then I think we should have a few minutes for, uh, for questions from the audience. Thank you so much, Ivan. That was a great summary. Um, I see one question slash comment from Simon in the Q&A, just a, a great point about you know, choosing ADT plus Abby over ADT plus chemotherapy in the context of level of immune suppression and especially in the midst of the COVID pandemic. Maybe you could highlight just a couple of the factors you look at when you think about patient comorbidities and factors and, and how do you choose amongst these different doublets? You have ADT plus, you know, a variety of options and, and just wanted to see if you could shed some light on that. Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. And it is true that even before these uh, trials of triplet therapy came out, I think chemotherapy and docetaxel fell by the wayside in a lot of ways during the COVID pandemic, because the main side effect, you know, that you worry about with docetaxel is low blood counts, which, you know, may suppress your immune system and put you at a high risk for uh, severe infections. 
There are also longer-term toxicities with chemotherapy. You can get nerve irritation. Um, but, um, you know, as I, as I was saying, most of us at this point would not use ADT plus chemotherapy, at least by itself, in patients with metastatic disease. Now, within the different hormone pills, again, there's no efficacy data to say that abiraterone is better than enzalutamide or apalutamide. So we mostly think about side effects first and foremost. Um, with abiraterone, you know, you take it with a little bit of prednisone. Um, there's a higher incidence of high blood pressure, fluid retention. Um, it can worsen your, your blood sugar levels. So some patients who have um, uh, diabetes, that's pretty difficult to manage already or bad high blood pressure, hypertension. Patients who have heart failure, we may avoid abiraterone. With medications like enzalutamide and apalutamide, the concern there is actually more uh, drug interaction. So these medications can interact with a lot of the other drugs that you're taking. And so that may sometimes be a reason to, to avoid them. Um, but Fundamentally, in the first decision, we're really looking at side effects, other medications that uh, a patient is on to make the decision between the different hormone pills.